0: The end of the year, right? And I will share a secret with you so that when you go into the new year, you all know how a pastor prepares their sermon. You start out with a text and you let it sink in, and you have already an idea in which direction it goes. And this text is very rarely read. It is the flight to Egypt, where Joseph takes Mary and Jesus going to Egypt and then they are coming back and we have this firstborn slaughter and all this. And you often don't hear this text being preached about. And first you would think we talk about this and we might talk now about refugees and how we as Christians should think about refugees because Jesus was a refugee going to Egypt and what does this mean to us and we certainly should think about. But then you continue to work the text. And when you allow the text to work you, it takes you onto a new path, into a direction that I didn't anticipate. And this (laughs) is how we should do and let the Bible talk to us, not having already an idea what the text should mean to us. Because we heard it already, familiar texts, new texts, unfamiliar texts, that our first hunch is the right one. Those texts, they take us on journeys we would never have anticipated. And this text took me on a journey that I didn't anticipate. It is when they start thinking, why is the text where the text is? And why is Matthew talking about this? Because probably this did not happen. Uh, Matthew is the only one who reports about this journey to Egypt and back. Matthew is the only one who reports about the child slaughter. Matthew is the only one who talks about this. And when we look at the Bible, the more the people or gospel report about a certain thing, a certain story, the more likely it really happened. So I started asking, Matthew, why are you talking about this? Why do you put this text into the place that you decide to put it at the beginning of your gospel? And then we look at Matthew, because when we look at the Bible, especially the Gospels, they are entire sermon to us. When you read Luke, you hear Luke preaching to you. When you read Matthew, you hear Matthew preaching to you. It's already a sermon, and we take out a little piece and we make a sermon out of it. And so Matthew is preaching to us. And then we have to ask ourselves, who is Matthew preaching to in the first place? When Matthew was written, it was in the first, second century, so long time after Jesus' death. So Matthew's audience, Matthew's congregation are Jews. Jews who come from the Jewish faith and say that Jesus Christ is their Messiah. And even there are some that are not yet there to say that Jesus is the Messiah. This is the audience that... Matthew talks to. When we look at Luke, his audience are non-Jewish people. Mark talks to people who have nothing to do with faith. Paul talks to the people who are not from the Jewish community. And we all know that it is easier to leave one faith completely behind and believe something completely new than having a faith that gets transformed maybe you experience this on your journey in your faith that all of the sudden that what you used to believe for a very long time all, re- all of the sudden switches maybe you had a god that was revengeful and judgmental and while reading the bible and let the text speak to you you realize that god is actually very merciful and loving and caring and this judging god turns into a merciful god that loves and this god that is maybe more dark becomes bright when you realize that god loves all people and does not exclude anybody you look at your neighbors and friends differently it doesn't matter where they are coming from what kind of race sex, gender, how they live, if we look at them as people that God loves and created, we all love them and created. And your perspective changes. And here we have this Jewish community that had a certain belief, and Matthew reframes this belief. It's the same belief, but reframed, puts it in a different perspective. Because Matthew knows that his audience is in turmoil. They don't really know what to believe. Do they really believe that Jesus is the Messiah and leave their Jewish community behind and try to embark a new path of faith that is similar and built upon their own beliefs, old beliefs, but in a different way, reframed? They're in turmoil. They are afraid they are doubtful and anxious. And maybe we can relate to those kind of things as well in our faith. We might have been anxious at some points too, not knowing how to believe, what to believe, and how to go forward. So here Matthew talks to those confused, anxious, frightened people and tries to reframe something very important to him, that this Man that he believes is the Messiah Jesus Christ who died on the cross is the promised Messiah from the Old Testament he starts his gospel out with a pedigree where he traces Jesus's lineage all the way back to David to tell his congregation his audience that the Messiah that he believes in this Jesus Christ is a descendant of David the great King from whom the messiah shall come and then he goes forward so not only that this man that he believes and wants the congregation to believe as well and not only that he has a great pedigree no he even has those miraculous things happening that people from the east appear to the manger kneeling down because a light a star showed them their way so this jesus who died on the cross even his beginning was extreme and miraculous awesome and then he moves on into a story the story where this jesus goes to egypt and now remember his audience are jewish people who are very familiar especially with the first five books of the Bible. Here, all of a sudden, Matthew takes them on a new exodus. Because what the people were hearing is that a Joseph took his family and fled to Egypt. Like Joseph in the Old Testament was sent to Egypt as a slave, there was a Joseph in Egypt. And there in Egypt, this Joseph rose to success, to help his family when they came later on, to help his family to survive. Now we are right in the Exodus. Matthew took with us and took us and took his audience right into a new Exodus where this Joseph fled a very hard situation going into Egypt and all of a sudden the Jewish people the congregation was right into their exodus their exodus that they believed and thrived on that this God that helped them to flee and uh, go out of Israel of Egypt into the promised land is the same that (coughs) Matthew is talking about Jesus walks the exodus of Israel he follows the traces and leads Jesus into Egypt And he refers there with Moses and the Jewish community. All of the sun was right there, into their exodus, into their Egypt of turmoil and trouble, not knowing what to believe. Like we are in our Egypt, sometimes not knowing what to believe, and sometimes in dark places. For some reason, we think when we're going into a new year that on the 31st of December, something will change to the 1st of January. But basically, nothing changes because these are 24 hours, like any other day passes. But for us, it's a rite of passage. We think now we can change. Things will get better. And we review our old year. Our Egypt, where we walk through those dark valleys with our up and downs, with our hurts and our pains. And especially during those seasons of festivity, we all smile and are happy, but sometimes I wonder if we open the doors to the eyes to look into the souls of the people, how broken they are, how broken we are. Well, we don't admit this to the others because everybody around us seems to be happy and my brokenness has no space no room to be acknowledged that i am in pain physically emotionally spiritually that i walk through this dark valley through this egypt of mine and i think i am lonely and here matthew talks to his congregation that are walking through their egypt right now as through them they talk to us as we walk through our egypt hoping that the new year will be better. Moses was successful to lead the people back out of Egypt. He was called to do this as Jesus is called to lead us out of our Egypt. And Moses was successful. We know the story that he was able to lead Israel out of their Egypt out of their slavery into freedom but this freedom did not last because we remember also the story where moses went up the mountains to receive the commandments when he returned israel took another turn and continued to be on the path of sin worshiping a golden calf that all too is all familiar to us as for the congregation that matthew talks to because we all wander off. We don't stay on the path of faith. We are sinners after all. And we walk and wander off, continue to be in our Egypt. Moses wasn't successful to keep Israel on track when it comes to their faith. Aaron was not able to keep them on their path of faith. So we're not the prophets. Over and over, God sends somebody to get the people back on track as over and over we receive our calls to keep us back on track but for some reason we all wander off away from the path that is laid out for us and matthew knows that and he sees this and he is a good preacher he is a good pastor to the congregation that he talks to and saying this messiah Is now the one who is successful Moses failed Aaron failed and the prophets failed to keep Israel on track but this Messiah that I believe is successful to keep us on track this Messiah will lead us once and for all out of our Egypt into our freedom of sin that is what Matthew talks about when he refers to the Old Testament and he says, I'm called out. He is called out of Israel, out of Egypt, referring to that story. Then Matthew continues and knows that we are still not convinced. And then he brings Rachel in, and we need to know the story of Rachel. Rachel, a voice was heard in Ramah, wailing loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children and she refused to be consoled because they are no more matthew knows that they're still in turmoil as we are still in turmoil sometimes wondering where our path will lead sometimes we are still in the darkness not knowing where to go how to go even to move we recall and matthew recalls by naming Rachel the Genesis story where Rachel gives birth and dies on her deathbed, and this way her child was the cause of weeping and a cause for hope because the baby will continue to live. The prophet Jeremiah later on references Rachel as well when he says Rachel weeps over her children's more, this time because they are being led into captivity and exile, near the very spot where she is buried. She is then comforted with the promise that her children will return. Once again, her offsprings are both cause of weeping and cause of hope. And Matthew refers and references Rachel again. The weeping that we are all lost, that we are all wandering in our own Egypt not knowing where to go in our sadness, looking how to get out, as the congregation is in their turmoil of what to believe and how to go on and move on in their lives. And Rachel weeps about the slaughter, the slaughter of the children, which again is a reference of the slaughter of the firstborns, and Herod becomes the pharaoh there are no word comfort given here in Matthew no words of comfort but knowing that Matthew refers to Jesus as the Messiah as the ultimate deliverer from sin that Jesus leads us out of our turmoil of our darkness out of our Egypt into the promised land that is the hope That Rachel has in her heart when she lost her baby, or when she lost her life, but her baby lived on. When Israel was lost, but there was the hope that they will be saved. When we are lost, that we have the hope that we will be saved. The hope of salvation is Jesus Christ, and our weeping our sorrow our sadness will be over once and for all through jesus christ's birth life death and resurrection those of us who are in christ like the Israelites enslaved in egypt have been set free matthew takes us here on a journey on a christmas journey that this baby boy The one who dies on the cross and resurrects from the death is the one who ultimately will lead us into freedom and he won't fail. That is the promise because God defeated in and through Jesus Christ, the desert, the 40 years, the death that all awaited us. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, Matthew said, where we should put our hope upon, who won't leave us until we are all saved. Yet, Matthew knows, and so do we, that we are not yet there. Christmas, we're not celebrating only the birth of a baby child, but especially we are celebrating the hope of the coming, the second coming, the final coming. The final liberation and let out of our Egypt into the promised land. And we are in between. We are in between in our waiting. But Matthew, who knows that his people are also in the waiting and in the between, not knowing what is real and what is not real, in their darkness and in their maybe light, he knows that we are in between. He knows that they were the in-between. He says, this messiah that i believe in is the one who will lead you out of egypt because he is the light of the world and he will lead you in your darkness he will be your light in the darkness until our eyes are opened our souls are saved and we are all reunited with the one who gave us life god himself and what kind of other promise do we need When we walk into a new year, our lives will be dark and bright, up and down. That is. But Matthew promises us that whatever awaits us in the future yet to come, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the ultimate one who will deliver us out of Egypt into eternal life, will be our light in our darkness, wherever we go. Merry Christmas.